Welcome to Total Wine and More. I'm on cooler duty this weekend. Fill it up with seltzers and canned cocktails. Oh, wow, great prices. Find what you love, love what you find. At Total Wine and More, drink responsibly, P21. Good morning. Let me, oh, good morning. Good afternoon. Is it almost afternoon? It's good. Still good morning. Does it matter to you? I hope not. Because it's hard for me to stay on track sometimes. Because my mind's going a mile a minute. This is Jim the Keys bartender coming to you from the Florida Keys. A cool Florida Keys right now. I don't mean cool like Fonzie cool. I mean a nice dry air, cool temperatures around 72 right now, maybe 70. It's beautiful. And, you know, it may suck a little if you want to be in the you know, water and get in the water and come out of the water. It's kind of, I guess, chilly with the wind blowing on you and a breeze. But it is gorgeous for me. It's just, it, it, it must be I'm getting up there in age, which one of the pleasures in life is now being able to turn off the AC. And it's not about, I got a new AC unit. It doesn't, it doesn't uh, burn up a lot of electricity down here. My electric bill's not on the hottest months. It's usually not over 120 tops. Tops. Uh, it's usually under 100. But such a such a pleasure to be able to turn off the AC and open up the windows, and let the fresh air in. Even with my kind of crazy allergies, I get. I've had those a bad allergy since I. I'm going to blame it on my smoking. I had I just had a nice long conversation with my father. And I like to talk to him. The, I'm James P. Haran III. He's junior. But since my grandfather passed away, oh gosh, 50 years ago, more than 50 years ago, he's senior. But I'm still the third. I didn't move up to junior. Yeah, you think that. He's just... He's, he's actually junior. I'm the third. But he gets senior. And people say they're expecting to hear a junior in between. But no, I'm still the third. Well, I was talking to my dad. And my dad lives up in Dover, Delaware. It's a little cooler up there. It's, I guess it's in the 40s. And uh, he told me, uh, we have a nice conversation. We talk about things. A lot of, uh, a lot of qualities I share with him. We're ver- both very talkative. I hope I'm as positive as my father is. And I got a lot of my feelings, outlook on life from my father. He, he's, uh, he's never said anything nasty about groups of people other than stupid people. But they run the gambit of all different uh, colors and, and backgrounds and things like that. He, just, he has a problem with stupid people sometimes. But he doesn't have a problem with specific groups of people. And we had a nice long conversation. My sister was up visiting him last week. He has a, a, a lung condition that uh, keeps him from moving around as much as he liked to. But there's a casino next to his house. My dad likes gambling. He's a moderate gambler. I've never been moderate about anything in my life. Not about drinking, not about smoking, not about women. I've never been moderate. And now, well, now I'm more moderate. I think age kind of slowed me down. But my dad was... 
is a moderate and well-disciplined gambler. And he ends up going, and if he loses, he loses, uh, he can lose it. He, he spends the amount of money he can lose. And he just goes, maybe he'll budget 200 bucks when he goes in casino. And he was with my sister and my brother-in-law at the casino near his house. And he got down to his limit, and he's ready to walk away. And he had two more hands of play, and he turned out walking away with like a couple hundred dollars more. You know, go. He won uh, almost five hundred dollars on that hand, and that's the way my dad did things. He always used to he tell me these things, and I had a couple days like that where I won. One of them I don't remember. All I know is that I didn't have any withdrawals from my bank account, and I had uh, four hundred extra dollars in my pocket after a casino night, and I don't know how that happened. But I had a lovely conversation with my dad, and it just reminded me uh, how much I care about him. I, I love my dad, and uh, I talked to I talked to my dad about uh, recently. Yesterday, I was having a great day yesterday, and I actually ran into the supermarket with someone. With I was with my daughter. We go to the local supermarket, and there was a woman who's in. Uh, involved with the community she's on the school board and I ran into her and she goes hey how you doing Jim and I said oh pretty good and I actually was saying uh, how how have you been I said great you've been doing great and she just took a step back and I go well I said well I meant I'm not I understand a lot of people haven't been doing great but I've been doing great this 2021 and 2020 even with the illness I had, which resolved well, what was it? Was it at the end? I think it was right at the end of the year when I had the operation. So it resolved, 2020 resolved the operation. And and 2021 has been great so far. So I had to be honest with them. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't expect, I didn't realize most people had that. But we... I, I really have to be cognizant when I'm talking to people. I realize this. You've heard me talk about people I worry about, even though I haven't been directly affected. I realize people have been directly affected by the pandemic and the economic repercussions to it. And the physical repercussions and loss of loved ones and things like that. But I haven't had that. But I can still acknowledge that other people have been at risk and have been hurt. And are still suffering. But the direct question I had was, how are you doing? And that's how I answered it. Well, I got a nice email from a listener, Sean from Knoxville. And this listener, Sean, told me that he started listening when he came down with COVID in January. And he became a listener of the show. And he sent uh, how much he enjoyed the show and all this stuff and how he... Uh, was hoping to come down to the Keys and end up he's going to Myrtle Beach with his family. And he told me that he got the shot. And he was After he got the shot, he was down for three days and he's listened to some more episodes of the shows. And he listens to the shows when he's doing his walks. Well, I appreciate that. He didn't... I don't know if he knew what that was like, getting that note from him. And I want to thank Sean. And I'm, I'll title this... I'll title this episode, Sean from Knoxville. 
and knowing that I really do appreciate that acknowledgement. Because a lot of times when you do things, you don't know what kind of impact you have. I do things for a reason. And obviously right now I'm not, I do run in commercials for my house and I'm not for my house, for my my restaurant. And I've done it for other places that I've done this. But I don't, and the, the, the commercials you hear on the show, you know, I, I get some compensation for it. But that's not the reason I do it. This is almost like, uh, this was a, idea I had I always wanted to do and I I didn't want to be one of those people at the end of my, you know at the end of the day saying well I wish I had done that I had the opportunity to do that why didn't I do that so I went ahead and did it and I continued to do it and I stuck at it and I'm for good or bad and the good part was hearing from you Sean and I do appreciate it and I hope you and your family have a great time in Myrtle Beach and I hope that uh I don't quite know to make up your family, but I hope you and your wife or your family make it down to the uh, Keys here. And I will be gladly welcoming you at the Catch Restaurant at Mile Marker 102. I'm going to work that in now since I said it, Mile Marker 102, the Catch Restaurant and Bar, where I work. It's open every day, except this Easter. It's not going to be open, but it's open most days for lunch and dinner. has happy hour Monday through Friday. From 3.30 with great happy hour food and drink prices. We have seafood and non-seafood dishes. And we have a kid's menu. And if you have your own catch, come in there and they'll cook your own catch there. I'm sorry, Sean, for working that into when I was making comments about you. But you don't know how refreshing it was to hear from somebody. And it's great. I realize there's listeners out there because they have a demonstrable statistics on the app that I do the recording or broadcasting on. My broadcast that's from Spreaker. But uh, you don't have to be, I mean, I do appreciate Spreaker and what they provide, but you don't have to actually, you can listen to our show on a lot of different platforms. And it's funny, one guy came to the bar and he says, oh, I hear about your podcast. How can I listen to it? And the guy was younger than me. And I go, how can you listen to my podcast or how can you listen to a podcast? He goes, I don't know how to listen to a podcast. And I said, wow. Because this guy looks like he, he didn't, he wasn't someone that, it looks like the guy has a laptop. He looks like he probably does things on computers and things like that. And I was surprised he doesn't know how to listen to a podcast. But he had, I said, what do you listen to music on? And he goes, well, I said, what do you listen to music on your phone? And he mentioned Pandora. And I go, Pandora is the one place you can't listen to the fucking show on. I ain't saying that. I don't dislike Pandora. Pandora is great. I'm not, I don't have anything against it. I'm just saying if that's what you listen to, you probably won't be hearing my voice right now. You have to, you know, have either iTunes, Spotify, Spreaker, Podchaser, Pod, Pod, whatever, iHeart. The, the myriad of shows. I'm on some networks on some podcast apps who I'm not sure about. And I think that works out in the demographics that way because there's some, they they could be going in as one download into a particular app. And no matter how many people listen to it there, it shows up in one download. I don't care as much. I really don't. It's not about the money. It's about 
that message like I got from Sean. And I do appreciate that. I really do. And because I'm still talking about it, I guess. I want to talk about this day, though. It was such a beautiful day. I got up. Today was my day. I told my wife that I'm going to take my daughter to school. And she had, she likes to get a coffee drink from, she's 14. She's at that age now. She likes to get a coffee drink from Dunkin' Donuts. I normally don't give a plug to a big chain, but you know what? They serve a purpose down here. And on the way there, I have a nice conversation with my daughter and all that stuff. My, And we get there and she decides, I want to get it anyway. And I said, okay, well, whatever, you know, we'll go. And we go up there and there's not only the whole line of the, is taken up, but there's five extra cars. There's a truck blocked that's trying to make deliveries to the, it's at a shopping center. So my daughter, Sky goes, hey, dad, that's all right. Just turn around and go. We don't have to get in line and stuff like that, which I, I would have stayed anyway, but I was kind of reluctant because I don't want to start. It looked like it was getting kind of hazardous entering into this parking lot because of these extra cars. So we went in and I, I took her to school and we had a, they have a drop off regimen where you drive up and the teachers and the administration of the small charter school she goes to and uh, the police officer, uh, Officer Tony. He's a deputy of the Monroe County Sheriff's Department. I am so thankful for Officer Tony. Um, I'm thankful for everyone at uh, the Treasure Village Charter School. Uh, but, uh, you know, Officer Tony keeping our kids safe down here. I know it's so dangerous and stuff. You heard I, my, my ideas about gun violence, how people, should, you know, but we're not, this is not about that today. So I dropped my daughter off. She's happy going to school and stuff like that. It's going to have a great day. I go to the gym. That's my routine. I'm heading to the gym. And as I'm driving back, remember, the keys, if you listen to the show, it's one highway down and one highway back. There's a couple side streets. There's an old highway that kind of parallels it from mile marker 90 all the way down to the next bridge. And then it merges, obviously, onto the main highway again for for a couple miles, for but you could take that side street if it's all backed up. So well, I'm coming back down the main highway, and it's not too busy. And I notice a woman with a van, and she's taking. And the traffic's moving slowly, and she just pulled over, and she's taking her kids out and put it off the side, and the hood's open, and I'm ready to pull over because I don't want to do that thing where I think about things over too much but right then when I'm ready to pull over I'm thinking what the hell am I going to do there's sheriff's deputies less than 400 feet from me and they're going to be alerted to it she just pulled over and we're in the keys and I may say a lot about the keys but I'll tell you what the keys aren't the keys are not bereft of people that are helpful there's a lot of helpful people down here and they do and I didn't want to be the person pulling over looking in the hood and having someone thinking, well, this guy probably knows what he's doing because he pulled over. And if I pulled over and looked under the hood, I wouldn't know what to do because if the car stopped while it was in motion, there's some problem that I don't know how to fix. Now, if it was a tire, a flat tire, yes. So I decided in a couple seconds, I'm thinking, I didn't feel guilty at all. I did not feel guilty at all because I, I, I thought in my head, this is how I justified it. If I pulled over, someone would say, well, this guy must know what he's doing. Why would he pull over if he didn't know what he was doing? You know, because I could probably just picked up 
the woman or kids and drove them wherever they were going. But they weren't going to have a problem with that because there was going to be someone behind there to do it. Probably someone that could fix it. Now, now I'm thinking about it. Maybe they just leave the car there. They just need to ride someplace. And maybe I should have done that. But that was my thinking then. So I do that. I go to the gym. That's a small side story. Okay. The point now that I told the story, I realized that maybe I should have stopped and left my blinkers on and put my hood up. That's what I should have done. Because then they realized, oh, this guy isn't fixing the car. This guy has a problem with his car too. Or they may have thought I'm giving a jump, but I'm facing the wrong direction. I don't know. But I have great faith in my fellow citizens down here that they took care of this lady. And normally I would because there was an accident while and I would have pulled over. There was an accident. Whenever there's an accident, I pull over and try to render help. And a lot of times there's already like 20 people on the scene and they just say, go. Just keep on driving. Get out of here. Don't need any more people. So I'm cognizant of that. So as I'm, I go to the gym, I have a great workout, do my thing, my routine there. It's weight training day because, you know, I got to take care of this body, this old aging body that it is so hard. I swear to God, if I worked like this out when I was in my 20s, I would look like what my body would look like. Dolph Lundgren. Now I may be able to get to a Michael, Michael Keaton Batman. Not even a Ben Affleck Batman, who was the older Batman, I think. He's the older Batman. I don't even think I can get to that point. But I can get to the Michael Keaton body, which wasn't that great of a body. But we're done. I digress. So I do my workout. My, my wife went to the gym because she didn't have to drive down, and she gets to go to the gym before she goes to her, her work. And I'm heading home, and my gym's 10 miles south. And on the way back, I decide to stop at my favorite breakfast place in the Keys. It's Doc's Diner. It's own. It's called Doc's because of uh, he's an optometrist. He has a little shop there next door, but he's a Chicago transplant. Doc and, and his wife, Mary, and uh, her their children, uh, Gina and Krista. Gina runs the restaurant now. And Doc's Diner is my favorite place for uh, not only breakfast, but lunch. And it's just diner food. It's great food. And it's quick. Matter of fact, I sat down and I end up most of the time to get my food within five, six minutes. Faster than you get at McDonald's nowadays. You hear me? Faster than you get. You know how you got to put your order in and sit down and then they got to give you a number. Right? So I go there. I go see Gina. There's Patty, the, the wait staff, Patty. Vicky, Anna, and Melissa. And they're packed in there. I start talking to Gina, and we're talking about the traffic down here. And when I say traffic, I'm talking about the business traffic. And that's all they really care about there. Matter of fact, the more more traffic there is, cars, that, that usually means you have great business traffic. And we have that. And they ask, they ask how I'm doing, and I realized... I go, well, listen, if you can't make money down in the Keys, you're not interested in making money. And Gina uh, agreed with me. And there's, she said, she thinks it's probably going to continue through the spring, through the summer. And 
according to the people that I know in hotels and motels. It seems like it's going to be really busy. And I'm sorry about that for people that are coming down here. It just seems like some of the, the, the rooms, the hotel rooms and things like that, they can kind of inflate it. Now, the restaurants don't. They don't raise their prices. The restaurants don't raise their prices due to the influx of people. They only raise the prices due to cost. And costs are dear down here for that. Because you have delivery costs and you have the you know, straight up cost of the supplies that you get. But another thing, another thing we discussed, but it doesn't seem like Doc Steiner has that difficulty, is the workforce. And it's not the quality of workforce. It's the staffing pool, meaning it's very shallow. There's not a lot of extra people down here. We said this before. There is a bus system. It's the Miami-Dade-Monroe bus, and it connects the keys to the mainland. And it's a bus system that goes up, makes rounds, and runs during peak, maybe two buses an hour, and it goes till maybe midnight or a little later. I don't know. But they run up to Homestead, Florida City, and they run back all the way down. I think they go all the way down to Marathon. And there's an extra bus system that goes all the way down to Key West. I don't think there's any, there shouldn't be anybody going from Homestead down to Key West. That would be on a bus, waiting for waiting for the bus and going down on the bus would take four hours. And, you know, that's why now would you do something like that? And getting a Marathon. Marathon the, marathon's in the center of the Keys. So it's touch and go. There's people that get jobs there and they work in Marathon. They live in Homestead. And that's, that's a four-hour round trip each day. It's, or maybe it depends on when they go. There could be a possibility they could do... No, no, that's a... They, the shortest they could do is three hours, I think. The shortest you could do is three hours because it's uh, 170 miles... Back and forth, 70 miles, and it's not, you're not going 70 miles an hour. There's no way, shape, or form you're going 70 miles an hour because the top speed limit in the, in the Keys is, I think, 50, or maybe 55 someplace. I'm not sure. 50. And, and 55 on an overseas highway. And if you, obviously, you can go, people go a couple miles over it. But if you regularly go 60 miles an hour or 10, if you regularly go 10 miles over the speed limit in every place, you will eventually get busted down here. So that's enough of me talking about the speed limit. I'm talking about the workforce. So now, getting people to work right now. I don't know if it's true if the stimulus check kept people from working or if it's too plumb a situation of being on unemployment, getting the stimulus check. That's not worth filling the lower end jobs. But I will tell you one thing down here. There was an advertisement in the newspaper. Now, they paid in the newspaper for some restaurant down here. It's a well-known restaurant in Amarada. A a diner set up. A famous diner down there. And the advertisement said, was advertising for a, and it wasn't just an item. Remember, this is like a three, four inch section in a paper, the free press, which, like I said, it may be free, but it, it doesn't have a lot of press in it. You know what I mean? Not a lot of news. Not a lot of breaking news there. You get more news off of Facebook than you do there. It's not the Miami Herald. I'm sorry to shit on you, uh, free press, but 
you know, you miss a lot of big stories and you don't go in depth on a lot of stories. And so, but that's a free press. Well, how am I going to complain? I shouldn't complain about it because you're free, right? You're lucky you put anything in there. You're lucky that you just don't reprint stories from the year before. But the help wanted ads, that's where I'm going to get back to. The dishwasher, there was an ad for a dishwasher, a dishwasher. Let me say it again. A dishwasher for $15 an hour. Now, the caveat, you're in the Florida Keys, so there's a premium for getting a dishwasher down in Florida Keys. But that's for a 40-hour week, that is $30,000 a year, which isn't spectacular. And you got to remember, Florida is a right-to-work state. They're not in the cutting edge of giving out huge salaries. Florida isn't. It is not. It's a, when I say right to work, they could fire you for almost any reason. And it slants a lot towards the employers. Not only did that $15 an hour, it had a bonus if you stayed there after 60 days. It was a small amount considering 60 days. You know, if you're going to be cutting someone a check that's you know, over $400 a week. And you're going to offer them, I think it was, I think, and this is from my memory, 100 bucks bonus after 60 days, which is nice that one. And I think that would be taxed. That's not a great incentive, but I can understand it's better to show the greater per hour. I would just go, hey, listen, after 60 days, I would up it to $17 an hour. There you go. There's your $100 bonus. You got it like this and say, or, or another dollar. $16 an hour. You go over a dollar over the future minimum wage, the future minimum wage in a lot of the country. Now, I understand in San Francisco, New York and stuff, that may not be. But you got to remember, Florida, that is a premium wage down here. And that means they're having a hard time finding a dishwasher. So, whenever you see inflated, in, inflated housing, inflated wages that means there's a dearth when I say dearth there's not uh, an excess in the labor pool right now and there could be other reasons why they had to offer that but housing down here if you go down to Key West and things like that and it's not news to Key West to get a studio down there a studio a regular studio is $2,000 a month it's almost like Manhattan prices in Key West. And people say you got to work so many jobs. Well, regular jobs, if you get a good bartending job, you should be able to afford that. That should be a, this time of year and this time. That should be about eight shifts. I'm just going to pull that off, eight, eight shifts. You should be walking out there this time of year with approximately 250 250 bucks in your pocket if you're bartending down there. Now, then there's the other cost that you have to pay down there, stuff like that. But then some people seem to make it make do with that. But working a regular job, you're not gonna you're not gonna be able to afford. You're gonna be sleeping on someone's couch or sleeping in a dilapidated camper on Stock Island. And it's not news. It's well known down here. 
And there's, with the real estate, I told you I got involved in this notary signing stuff. They're, the real estate is going like crazy. They're selling every piece of land they have up here. And every house. They're tearing down old houses, putting up new houses, getting whatever. There's a permit restriction coming in. And we're, that's just something we have to deal with here. I'm not bitching about it. Just, just the way it is. Okay. To wrap up the show. I don't understand how we still have the depth of uh, racist attitudes nowadays in this day and age where people are exposed on television in real life they're able to go to different places and you could tell there's capable intelligent people in every group in every group, there's capable, and able, and wonderful people of every group. And there's that many, and pretty much the percentages run for assholes in every group, too. If you had to take one, that's if you take any group and you had to break it down in percentages, I think you'd find it probably works out pretty even. Now, you could talk about the wealth distribution among groups and the education distribution and housing distribution, things like that. Yes, there is a disparity in all that stuff, but I'm just saying. So if you could accuse people being not able to handle things, it's not, it's not true. Why would, why would any group worry about placing another group on a lower tier in, with expectations? And why would you try to make it more difficult for them to vote? I understand it's not. You know, the reason why they don't vote like you is because they have a reason why they don't vote for you. Your, your, your reason may be because they're voting for handouts and things like that. Now, a lot of times they're voting for social justice. And that's what drives them. People that are on handouts don't wait in line four hours to vote. And you know what? They don't have to wait four hours in certain neighborhoods in Georgia that are white. But the black neighborhoods and black uh, communities, they have limited access to polls by design. They're making it more difficult. And the people that have jobs that is harder to take time off that they don't work remotely from and can't just skip out on. They're the ones that need to have more access to Sunday voting, voting by mail and things like that. So restricting their voting, restricting their access, restricting their access to justice doesn't make any sense. Years ago, when they had a Negro League baseball team, there was reticence by players to incorporate them into the major leagues. Now, I'm sure there were some of them that just were some of these white players and white owners. I'm sure of them were some were just stone cold racist and he just didn't understand and they just were assholes. But there's other ones they incorporate, I think they incorporate racist feel because they feel as if they're under, 
attack that they're losing their position. And you saw it in that march. What was that? Virginia? The ones where the guys, the Tiki March, where they go, uh, Jews will not replace us, Mexicans won't replace us, and stuff like that. Well, is it, they're taking jobs in the agricultural, they're, they're, they're picking our vegetables, fruits and vegetables. They're working meat packing industries. They're working in the service industries, in the back of the house, washing dishes. If they're taking your jobs, if they're taking your jobs, your, your agricultural jobs, that means you're not working hard enough. Do not complain. And they don't, they don't take those jobs. White people don't take those jobs. They don't. They think they're too good for them. I worked in jobs where I was, I, I seemed to be a minority in that thing. I don't necessarily believe, and this is me, you know, when you hear people say, I don't see color. Ah, I see color. I understand color. I don't understand why there's a scientific, there's no scientific classification for race. Because a person who's African-American and a person who's Caucasian and a person who's Asian, they could have a perfect match for a transplant. My heart could go into their body. Their liver can come into my body. The lung of an Asian man can go into my body or stuff like that. And if that matches, if your bodies match up, your organs match up, and you got a perfect match, then you're not different. You're basically the same. You got different characteristics. I always would, my my argument would be, it's a difference in skin tone and eye color. It is really only skin deep and hair texture and all that. That's the major difference because we're much more, uh, we're more alike than we are different. And there's people that look exactly alike almost that could never trade organs or blood because they don't have the same type. Okay? That would be my argument anytime I say, listen, you science, this person is a match for me. And you see it in all different groups of people and stuff like that. They just, there's a perfect match for you and it won't look exactly like you. If you go across the world and there's, you know, you have a Germanic upbringing, you find another German that looks like you, almost exactly like you, they could have, you could be AB negative and they could be O positive. You know, it doesn't mean you, you, you can't trade in place. It's not like Mr. Potato Head. So why don't we just get over that stuff? I'm tired of hearing it. I'm tired of hearing the jokes. I'm tired of hearing it. I don't want to hear it in where I am. I'm not sensitive. I'm just tired of it. I'm tired of having not to laugh. And then you thinking for some reason I'm like you. Obviously, if you have that kind of attitude, you're not listening to the show, all right? You've never listened to a show. You've never listened to more than one or two shows if you think it's possible that I would laugh at something like that. And I'm not, it's not a holier than now thing. It's just the way, just let it go. The, the main reason why you hate people, you're, you feel, you don't feel a lot of self worth. Feel better about yourself, but not in the context of someone else being worse than you. Think better of yourself by yourself. 
not in context to other people. If I were to judge myself by the car I drive, well, I mean, I have a nice, I have a nice Jetta now. But, and I saw every time I seen someone drive by with a Porsche Cayenne or a Model Y Tesla, I'd be feeling like shit all the time. Or the kind of house they have. Or the kind of clothes. Or wearing a Rolex. Or whatever it is. That doesn't make you a better. It doesn't make you a worse person. It's, it's, it's just like Martin Luther King. It's the content of their character that matters more than anything. More than anything, I have to say. It's your content of character. And most people would say, if you said it even to the stone, are there, you know, if you're just saying, if you're, if you're picking that particular quality of someone to make a judgment, then you're either have, you're of low intelligence and low self-esteem. And sometimes it's impossible for them to get above. And I, I, I'm sorry that you weren't served, you were, your, your, the educational opportunities were not given to you or you did not take them or your parents could have abused you to make you think that way is that were you abused yeah maybe you were abused by an abusive parent but you could break the chain and live a better life you can live your life would immediately get better it would immediately get better if you let go of those attitudes and thought better of yourself made the most of your circumstances instead of thinking it as a competition. Melania Trump, besides being a top-grade Czech hooker, had the best line, be the best, or be best, or whatever she said, be best, be the best you can be. Be the best you can be. I would throw a couple more words in there. Be the best you can be. Strive to be your best. The conversation I had my dad on the phone today, I said, you know what? I realize I'm a work in progress. But that's not me saying, oh, well, I got a lot of, I got a lot of faults and stuff. I do. There's a lot of things I would like to change about myself, but I don't kick myself as much. I realize I'm a work in progress, that I can work on my temper. I can work on my selfishness. I can work on my impatience. So tons of things I can work on, but that makes it great a work in progress. And I don't have to measure myself again. And there's plenty of people of different that have different characteristics than I that apparently have better skills of being calm, patient, well educated, well spoken, smoother talkers. Oh yeah. But that doesn't make me feel any less good about myself. And it doesn't make me feel any worse about them. Because all I have to do worry about myself at the end of the day is just, how am I doing? So how are you doing? Once again, I'd like to thank Sean from Knoxville. If you are a listener, I, Sean, please send, keep on sending your emails in. But if you are a listener and you have any questions, this is what happens. See, Sean sent the email in. I responded to him. Send your uh, request if you want me to talk about any topic, I will give it a shot. Send your request to Jim at keysbartender.com. If you like the show, please share it with your friends, your family, some stranger. Um, and uh, try to be, 
I'm judgmental. I realize I'm judgmental. I'm working on that too. But try to be a little less judgmental and let go of some of the less than happy thoughts that you have. This is Jim the Keys Bartender signing off, and I hope you have a great day.